Yeah. No. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. But it, yeah. I, I don't, I've never, I, you, no. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah, that really oh, hey. kind of grosses me out. That was so organic. Thank you. <laughs> I like you talking down to me while you adjust your snowman blanket. All right, are For we God's ready? sake, yeah, we're Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Destroy these tapes. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Katie, and I did not not have sexual relations with that woman. Hi, I'm Rush Limbaugh. No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> I'm Rush Limbaugh's millennial alter ego for this episode only. Uh, Katie, what are we talking about? Today? We're talking uh, America's favorite family, the Clintons. The Clintons. As a nice kind of foil to our Trump episode i wanted to talk about clinton scandals mm-hmm. there are many many scandals uh so it's many. it's really i think there are some interesting parallels between scandals of the clinton era and some of the issues we're seeing come up in uh trump's trump's time in office a lot of the same names you'll oh, see repeated yeah. across these two which is what really fascinated me i'm also really interested in talking about this because i feel like there are these parallels that exist uh, and I feel like people our age, I'm 30, you're almost 30, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of us were too millennial age people, uh, were too young when it was going on to really understand it or follow it. Yeah. Like I knew, like my, I, had, I knew who Monica Lewinsky was kind of vaguely. I didn't know any of the details and I didn't know anything about the other scandals that mm-hmm. Monica Lewinsky kind of came out of. Yeah, we were, what, 10? Right. We didn't know anything. Yes, we were 10, and all the Monica Lewinsky and uh, impeachment hearings, those were all going on in 1998, which, if you'll recall, Katie, was the year Spice World came out. I was doing nothing. <laughs> and that's all... But spicing I, up my life. <laughs> that was all I had space for. Same. Mentally and emotionally. So this is really interesting, I think, for us to revisit and understand, really, for the first time, at least in my case. But before we talk about that, I first want to swallow all the spit that's in my mouth. (laughs) I spit in her mouth a lot before the show. It's our, uh, you know, it's our our warm-up. It's our warm-up. So just let us do what we want. Don't tell us how to warm-up, people. We've got it under control. you want some hot spit in your mouth? (laughs) Fucking sign off. So, okay, so before we do that, we wanted to uh, talk about some of the reviews we've had Yay. lately. Do you want to read the reviews? I, do. I always make you do it, and I don't know. Because I don't what. get to read them beforehand. Okay, yeah. So it's, I'm seeing it for the first yeah, time. Yeah, you're seeing it for the first time. And that's what's exciting. Uh, so, we, oh, we have a bunch of new ones. Okay, I'm going to start with Accidentally in Love by Candy Girl Pod. Oh, they follow us on Instagram. They sure hey, do. Hey, girls. I decided to listen to an episode of Yeah No Yeah one day on a whim and instantly fell in love with it. I'm really picky about podcasts, so I never expected to love Yeah No Yeah so much. Thanks for making my days more interesting, ladies. You're welcome. <laughs> MFM. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. MFM fan here, and I love Yeah No Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Boggs hugs just. You're going to get in trouble with your fellow fans. I learned about this podcast because of the MFM episode, like a lot of people, and I'm so glad because it's amazing. I've gone back and listened to every episode you guys have done. Oh, that's bad. My <laughs> only complaint about this podcast is that the episodes don't come out more often. Wow. That is a rare that is a rare piece of feedback from someone who likes MFM. Twice, we appreciate yeah, you. Thank you. Twice a month is 
enough for us. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Five stars from Mosquito170. Definitely one of my favorite podcasts. 2018 was my introduction to podcasts, and I'm glad I found you. Oh. You didn't find us. We found you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five stars from Liz Sower. Ghost Liz Sower, who hosts Ghost in the Birds. <gasps> yes. Which is a fantastic podcast. I was really excited to see her review and her shout out on Twitter because I follow her podcast. You should all listen to it. Yeah. It's a narrative podcast that she writes. If you've ever, uh, and she was recommended to us by Augie P. Writes, which is another. Oh, uh, uh, I like, yeah, I like right. Augie. Yeah, she, and she has a similar podcast where she's, uh, it's a storytelling first person narrative podcast. Um, if you've ever wondered to yourself, are there any podcasts out there that aren't just two women mm. babbling about weird things that have happened? Yes. I've yes, and you, you should listen to Liz's. And she says about us, I am absolutely in love with this podcast and its hilarious host. The combo, combo between friends format isn't easy to do while actually keeping listeners hooked and laughing. But these women knock it out of the park. I'm binging. I'm telling everyone I know. I'm sitting here smiling like a bag of teeth. Keep it up. <laughs> Thank you. It's not easy to do. It's we're both very difficult to work with so I can bear, I'm not looking at her we're actually recording <laughs> from 300 feet away um five stars by Natty G you know Natty G we'll just yeah. go with that yeah I found this podcast searching for podcasts about the Watts family case and fell into a listening rabbit hole because of how I adore these hosts and the somewhat eclectic subject matter these are the kinds of conversations I have with my weirdo friends Listening to this podcast is like enjoying one of those conversations without need, needing to contribute. Thanks for making a great show. That's a great review. Yeah, that's the service I want to provide. I love people. that. Have friends without having friends. <sighs> that's what podcasts are all about. Honestly. But with fame comes, you know, fall. And we have a one-star review here. Oh, yeah. Uh, it says, it's a no for me. Uh, this is by MKJ829. Just because you can start a podcast doesn't mean you should. Oh, and bring it right back down to earth. Thank which you. Which is something that I also really like. And honestly, you're not wrong. <laughs> Just because you can do something, like leave an iTunes uh, comment, doesn't mean you should. <laughs> See, I wasn't sure about putting it in there because I didn't know how I you would do handle get it. it. No, yeah. I can take it. We deserve it. Okay, there's one detail about this user that I wanted to share. I clicked on their name, as I do for almost everyone who reviews yeah. this, because I'm very nosy. You want to make sure it's not me pretending to be right. other people. And I just have a lot of time on my hands. So <laughs> I clicked on them, and they have written one other review. It's always fascinating to me to see what one, one star other, reviews, yeah. what else they've reviewed. They reviewed one other thing, an album by that woman who had that early 2000s hit, Just Breathe. Okay. You know that song? Breathe. Just no. Breathe. So. You wouldn't... Oh, no, it sounds like Michelle her. Branch? No, oh. it's not Michelle Branch, but you would be forgiven for thinking thinking it was okay. Michelle Branch. So that so they gave that album three stars. Three. Three. So they don't like us. They're medium on her. Who knows what, what they really they like? like? What do they like? Wow, what a freak. And if by <laughs> some chance they do listen to this again, I'm just asking them to look inside themselves and say, what do you really like? What do you really like? And we're here to help you figure it out. This is a very eclectic show. This is a very interactive show. If you show. hated one episode, you'll really hate the next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, oh, so that's something else that you've you've discarded oh, no. the sheet. But has another important piece of it we've established I can't get up. <laughs> okay. For some reason. This blanket is very heavy. That we have 103 ratings. So we have 103 ratings. And look at that breakdown. 
got something I wanted to talk about. We oh. have how many five-star reviews? 78. And we have how many one-star reviews? 24. And, and we have, nothing in between. <laughs> and we have one four-star review. Wow. No two-star reviews. No three-star reviews. We, we are, are polarizing. We are very polarizing. Just like who else? Bill Clinton. Flawless segue. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, also, before we get into this episode, for obvious reasons, uh, there is a trigger warning attached to yes. this. We are going to talk about rape and sexual assault. And we'll give you more of a warning when that's actually coming up, but those are, obviously, those are topics that are, that are going to be discussed. Yes. So, Katie, what do you remember about the Lewinsky scandal? I'll tell you what I remember. Yeah. I remember my dad ranting and raving a mm. lot. I remember listening he to Rich Limbaugh a lot. He, he, he was a walking <laughs> That's encyclopedia. That's a joke between me and Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> he was a walking encyclopedia, or at the time especially, he knew everything about every scandal. He hated them. He was yeah. one of these rabid, foaming-at-the-mouth, anti-Clinton types. So he, um, so he, w he, I remember him talking about perjury, and so I knew that it wasn't about, it wasn't necessarily about sex, it was about perjury. Yeah. Like, I knew that that was sort I of... I thought it was all about sex, but we'll talk about that. So tell me why, that's really all I knew. That's, that's all you all, knew. I had heard something about a blue dress, wasn't really clear on how that was a factor, and then I was like, spice up your life, everybody! Yeah. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then you just went to spice up your life. I, I really, really, really went to, don't give a shit about uh, the news. Yeah. yeah. When I, when this was happening, I remember being on the TV a lot, and I just remember, like, seeing a ton of pictures of Monica Lewinsky, beautiful, smiling on the television. I don't know what channels we were watching, but I feel like it was all about her, all about sex. And then to make it, you know, even uh, more sexual, my mom told me a very off-color joke about it, <sighs> and I remember it to this day, 19 years later. It's not very funny. But it just will show you, I remember being in the car with my mom on my way to school and she said, if anyone brings up the Lewinsky scandal, you should tell them this funny joke. And mind you, no one ever would. <laughs> if anyone brings this up in fifth grade? Yeah, you, okay. now you can say this funny joke. Okay. And the joke was, uh, Monica Lewinsky goes to the same dry cleaner and uh, they have a language barrier and she comes in one day recently and she drops off a dress and he says, come again? Like he can't understand her. But also come. Okay. And I didn't know what come was. Did she explain? No. That would be disgusting. Okay. <laughs> and wow. uh, no one in fifth grade would ever ask me, uh, do you have a funny joke about Monica <laughs> Lewinsky? But I'm glad I got to tell it here, here and now. Yeah. Some people I was friends with in fifth grade listened to the show, so that's for you. Right. <laughs> so, okay, so people who are just a little bit younger than we are don't know what we're talking about with this blue they dress don't. thing. So Monica Lewinsky in the course of her having to testify about her relationship with Bill Clinton produced a blue dress that had still had some of his semen on it that she had saved. I think she had kept it in her freezer. Wait, is that right? <laughs> I how else would you preserve semen on the dress? I feel like I've heard that oh, that's honey. one of those things that I, I don't know. <laughs> There's more than one way to preserve semen <laughs> on a dress. No, I think that freezer is probably your best best bet. But I don't yeah. know. I that was something that I didn't get into in the timeline, like why she would have seen it. We don't that. need to anyway. Go but there. so they did collect Bill Clinton's DNA that confirmed this was his semen. Uh, so that's where the blue dress thing yeah. comes in. But uh, so 
Lewinsky first surfaced. Lewinsky was such a tiny piece of the puzzle when you look at the whole thing. Right. There were so many scandals going on uh, with the Clintons. There was Watergate, which was uh, the Clintons having uh, financial dealings with a uh, with a little tiny business that was being investigated for fraud, mm. um, and they. They had close relationships with people who were eventually uh, found not guilty of fraud. And then there was um, another part of that partnership where she refused to give information and was Hillary? found in contempt. No, this is these are their partners. Oh, oh, oh. So the Clintons were partners with these uh, people. For we'll we'll get into it. Yeah. So Watergate, Travelgate, Furniture Gate, uh, FBI Gate, it was every gate. kind of gate, dress gate. Uh, anything that you could attach um, gate to, people did. Mm -hmm. uh, so she was. She came up as part of the Paula Jones lawsuit, and Paula Jones was suing uh, Bill Clinton for sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. And Monica Lewinsky's name had sort of been uh, whispered, and it was kind of hushed at the time. It hadn't really come out. Um, but her friend at the time, her colleague at the Pentagon, Linda Tripp, had mm -hmm. been recording her at the advice of a literary agent. Ah. So that became a whole other legal thing. Is like, was she or was she uh, not allowed to record yeah. Monica Lewinsky? Uh, Monica Lewinsky did not know she was being recorded at the time. So eventually that uh. all gets brought up. And this was before like, cell phones were recording. So she was strapping on a tape recorder somewhere. Right. <laughs> and then Kenneth Starr has a special counsel, counsel that was formed to investigate Whitewater, which we'll detail more. And also the uh, the suicide of Vince mm. Foster, which was which a lot of right wing uh, con um, journalists wanted to say was a murder, and we'll get into more of that also. <laughs> There's so much. There's We're both so much. squinting at each other from across the room. <laughs> <laughs> We're both not sure. We're not uh, convinced. We're not convinced by that any of this even ever happened. No. Um, but yeah, so Katie's going to keep on top of me and make sure it doesn't get too boring. As you probably guessed from my jumbled uh, assessment of the Watergate scandal, it, it, I might get too detailed. And, and if it you might... hear this sound, that's good, too loud? <laughs> Katie loves a prop. You could just say, Molly, shut up. But like you have, a, you, we can talk it's about so it. It's so mean to say, shut up. <laughs> no, no. It's much yeah. better to say, Molly, <laughs> yeah. take two. Okay, so Katie's having fun with that. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to start off with kind of the highlight, the hi uh, is that the word I want to use? Yeah, the highlight reel of the Monica Lewinsky sex scandal. Sexy. The really sexy stuff that, that I missed out on because I was 10. And this is from a Washington Post timeline, and most of this information comes from the Kenneth Starr report. Mm -hmm. So, November 15th, during a government shutdown, Clinton visits the chief of staff's office for a birthday party. Lewinsky mm -hmm. lifts her jacket and shows him the straps of her thong. It's the 90s. It's a really high up It was jacket. the 90s. Oh. Yes. Her thong was high up. Remember how people, thongs are basically Whale suspenders? Whale tail, my mom would call it. Yes. <laughs> straps of her thong underwear. Then he invites Lewinsky to his private study where they kiss. Mm. Later that evening, they have a more intimate sexual encounter during which he takes a call from a member of Congress. Like oh. a fun detail. While he's she a is busy performing? man, um, it doesn't say what the Connelly. it doesn't say what they were doing. Um, it, exactly, I, I refuse to speculate. And then, so fast forward, Feb uh, February twenty eighth, 
Uh, after Lewinsky attended the taping of Clinton's radio show, she had her picture taken with him. She, he told her to see his secretary, Betty Curry, because he had something for her. Oh. Curry accompanied Lewinsky into the study next to the Oval Office. Then Curry walked into the nearby pantry where she waited for about 15 minutes while Lewinsky and the president had a sexual encounter. I think these were mostly blowjobs. From what I think I it was all blowjobs. Yeah, they never actually had sex. They never had intercourse no from what intercourse. I read. No intercourse. Right. Um, so, okay, so, they, so his secretary's waiting outside for him to get blown, mm. which... Sure. Well, what else does a secretary do? <laughs> uh, uh, so this is their, they had been on kind of a break. It had been a lot of weird back and forth between them. This was their first sexual encounter in about 11 months. Um, mm, that first blowjob after 11 months. <laughs> yeah. I said November 15th and then February 28th. This is February of not... That following year? Yeah. Got it. Uh, then he gave her a hat pin hmm. and Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass. Like, are you in college? What's wrong with you? Ew. Wait, what is a hat pin? We talked about hat pins <gasps> on this very podcast. We did. Mini driver's hat pins. Yeah, so it's uh, an accessory that no yeah. one uses today. I assume it was a family heirloom of his that he's just giving Ew. away to his blowjob buddy. <laughs> no, I don't know what the origin of the hat pin was. Maybe it was a hilarious inside joke. But it's a it's a pin that keeps your hat in place. When women used when to giving blowjobs. Yes. Ew. <laughs> when women when women used to have hats were integral parts of their hairdo. Yeah. They would use hat pins. Thank you. Um, Lewinsky later discovered that the blue dress she had worn that day was stained with his Steam it. Steam it. <laughs> it's steaming semen. The smoking gun here, guys. It's a semen. Yeah. Um, so, steaming semen. So that was, oh, and then there was uh, also that time, in the, uh, one of their last sexual encounters was, I think, uh, in an elevator. Oh, shit. Where he takes a cigar, puts it in her vagina. And smokes it. Wiggles it around a bit, takes it out, and... Smokes it and says, "Tastes good." Which, kind of a cool move. Which I mean, <laughs> I like that. Our producer's face during this is truly. She's upset, and we get it. We yeah. trigger warned you guys. Right? What did we? Come on. We didn't cigar warn you, but you should have figured we would. We'll edit that in. Uh, in 1998, Lewinsky says in an affidavit that there's okay. nothing, and this is part of the Paula Jones thing. Okay. Uh, that there was nothing going on between her and Clinton. Clinton says the same in his deposition. Uh, and then Bill Clinton goes before the media, does the whole, I did not I have did sex. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yeah. Now let me get back to taking care of my country. That's what yeah. he says. That's what he says. Very good, Bill Clinton. Thank you so much, Molly. <laughs> Impeccable Arkansas accent on your part. So... Uh, so he's saying that. Hillary Clinton calls the Lewinsky allegations uh, a vast right-wing conspiracy. Oh, brother. What Hillary knew, what Hillary didn't know, is a subject for debate. I don't think anyone yeah. really knows, but it seems unlikely that she knew nothing. She knew. <laughs> uh, so Tripp and Lewinsky, so they're, they're both getting sucked into the Paula Jones sexual harassment uh, case. Um, Paula Jones says that while um, uh, she eventually her case gets dismissed, uh, she offered up in the in the course of her uh, trial that she, uh, she describes a distinguishing characteristic of Bill Clinton's penis, oh, God. which both Bill Clinton's doctors and Monica Lewinsky deny. He doesn't have the 
mole or the bump mm. or the funny vein. Mom was like, he never bothered me, but I know what his dick looks like. <laughs> well, this was after. <laughs> this was after it came out that she was. So Jones appeals and settles for eight hundred and fifty thousand okay. dollars. But all but two hundred thousand, uh, all but two hundred thousand dollars of that goes toward her um, her legal fees. Oh shit! Yeah. So Lewinsky has said on whether or not the relationship between them was consensual. She says, I now see how problematic it was that the two of us even got to a place where there was a question of consent, mm. she wrote. The road that led there was littered with inappropriate abuse of authority, station, and privilege. Because yes. it's like, uh, you know, your boss is the president of the United States. Yes, you're young. She was in his 20s. He was in his 50s. And he's the president. And he's the president. Yeah, so, no, that's, talk about power. No matter, because the whole thing is like, oh, well, you know, Lewinsky, when you read the report, it seems like she was a pretty willing participant. Right. But it's like, can there really be... No, there can't be. Can you establish willingness no. when one person is the president and the other one is a White House intern? No. I don't think so. Uh, so, but ultimately, where does all this lead? Where, do, where does Kenneth Starr's glorious work... And up. Where does he take us? So he's in, Bill Clinton is impeached by the House in December of 1998. And he was impeached for lying under oath. Because he lied about having sex about Monica Lewinsky in the deposition for Paula Jones. Yes. So okay. that was found to be When I was true. younger, I understood it as he was impeached for having sex while being the president. That's which is confusing of, when you're young. That's how a lot of people yeah. interpreted it, which is not the case. Yeah. Um, so, and that's a whole thing where it's like, no, it's not a moral judgment against Bill Clinton. Right, the, exactly. It was like, he, you can't lie under oath. Right. So, um, Starr's investigation overall cost $70 million, And this is not just Lewinsky, this is all his little investigations. And while the president, oh, so... This is important. He's impeached by Congress, but Senate right. doesn't pro doesn't chooses not to prosecute him for a variety like of good. complicated political reasons. Uh, one thought that was posed in this Atlantic article that I read in preparation for this uh, was that Republicans in the House were uh, they liked the idea of having a tarnished mm. Democratic president when they were going into the next presidential elections. Right. Yeah. Whereas the Democrats were like, it would really be better for us if Clinton resigned and Al Gore took over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how it that's how it played out. Weird. So he got impeached. So he was impeached. He second was president impeached. ever to get impeached. Who but then the nothing third? happened. Andrew Johnson. Jackson. Johnson. 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 I know you're thinking it's Jackson, but it's Johnson. No, you're right. <laughs> Wait, are we done with Monica? Because I have a fact. Oh, go on, please. A factoid. Well, I am ready to move on from Monica. Before we move on, we should mention that she has been mentioned in oh, yeah. over 120 rap songs. Right. Um, I just think that's interesting because she, while it was, like we say, it's this blip in this giant, you know, Clinton scandal, people love uh, Monica Lewinsky. She's certainly taken hold of the public imagination. Yeah, the media loves her. And and now it's like with the Me Too and mm -hmm. bullying. She and came back, that, you know, out she again. She was part of a big anti-bullying campaign mm -hmm. that a lot of people responded really positively to. She has now, you know, she's much older now, and she looks back and she says, like, I was, uh, the, one of the main criticisms of Kenneth Starr is that he included all this, all the details about the masturbating and the blowjobs, like, it was very graphic, yeah. his report. And a lot of people have criticized that as saying, yes. like, you just included that to humiliate them. It yeah. had nothing to do with the legal proceedings, with any, it yes. had no bearing on the legal case Imagine being, like, on. in your early 20s and all your sex, look, it right. was bad. 
But what I think is always fun is uh, when rap culture can like really cling on to media stuff, especially like people rap about presidents all the time. They're right. always like Bill Clinton is always mentioned because people consider him sort of like a baller, I guess, which is wrong oh, in so Lord. many ways, but that really is a thing. Please. I'm sorry please. I said baller. I didn't really please. know the other word. Um, <laughs> so 12 of those 120 rap songs she's mentioned are Nicki Minaj's songs, where she calls herself Nicki Lewinsky or Big Money Monica. And um, <laughs> I like to just uh, wrap up Monica's segment of this episode with, even though I'm in Mexico, I rep New York like Plexico. Look, switch my name. Now I'm celebrating Hanukkah. Lewinsky, bitches. Young Money Monica. Oh, I have chills. I have chills. <laughs> anyway, Nick- I just really felt I needed to bring that up. Noted political commentator, Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. I'm glad we found a way to bring her into this. I will. It's our Easter egg in every episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh... So, Star's Investigation, now what, I, now what I'm saying sounds so boring compared to your cool rap lyric. And that's all the notes Katie I have. Katie always finds a way to be the cool kid. And I'm some nerd. Star's Investigation got $70 million. That's what people hear when you talk. <laughs> and while the president did perjure himself, Star committed plenty of ethical violations himself. He was leaking stuff left and right to the press. Like he Are you wanted. not allowed to do that? No. No, in like a very partisan way. Oh, like, okay. Look at like, this dirty eh, Democrat. Eh, yeah. Can you believe what he does with right. his penis? <laughs> We're so good and he's so bad. That's that's a great kind of story. That was impression. really good. <laughs> so uh, he also, besides all this Monica Lewinsky business, he had also given him he had can, he had expanded his role to include Monica Lewinsky mm-hmm. investigations when it started out. He was trying to get to the bottom of this Vince Foster business. Mm. Have you heard anything about Vince Foster before no. I started ranting and raving? Only until today's notes, I didn't know who he was. Vince Foster was Deputy White House Counsel under Bill Clinton. He was in charge of handling the Travelgate investigation. Okay. What do you know about Travelgate? Literally nothing. Okay. 1993, <laughs> the Clintons fired seven people from the travel office. Which presidents are totally allowed to do? Those You're that fired. Are, I'm, I'm busy. We don't need you. You're allowed to get rid of other people's people and bring in your own okay. people. It's not a political appointment. Yeah. And it's some, from what I understand, again, not a political expert or pundit. From what I understand, you think we were though. <laughs> yeah. It's an allowed, done thing. Okay. So, uh, but it was sort of. It, there's reason to believe it would have been unpopular to get rid of the people who were in the travel office at that point. Okay. So, uh, when they're, when these seven people are fired, uh, there's some hanky-panky surrounding maybe making them look worse than they did and accusing them of not doing their jobs or one of them was also accused of um, embezzling. Oh. Travelgate eventually led to Filegate, which showed that FBI f- uh, files on a Republican staff me- member uh, had been a Republican staff member had been mishandled. 
so Filegate was uh, the White House staff got to um, a representative, or no, sorry, not representative, someone who worked for the uh, travel, uh, travel office, his mm -hmm. name was Billy Dale. They got into his FBI file in what many think was an attempt to find something to underline that firing him had been a good idea. Uh, he was fired for embezzlement, of which he was acquitted in 1996, at which point the president said that he was sorry. Uh, a Justice Department official who looked in the matter told a congressional hearing last month, uh, this is from a report at the time, that the firings were ill-advised and erroneous. Oof. So it's this thing of like, why did you, so the FBI... Well, they could have said, hey, I'm firing these people because I want to bring my own people in. But they took it to a weird level and like made all these false allegations. Is right. what I'm getting. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's so, wrong. Um, independent Independent Counsel Robert Ray found that Hillary's testimony was factually false, but he said Oof. it. So she was someone where uh, a lot of the people at the travel office were saying that they were being pressured by Hillary to fire all the travel. Damn. Uh, which again wouldn't be wrong if they it's didn't just make that, it so weird. If they didn't make it so yeah. weird. So uh, the. The files um, that they said that they were that the FBI said, oh, we need to look at these because we need to get him a White House. We need to redo his credentials mm -hmm. for a White for getting into the White House. That wasn't true. They didn't need his FBI files mm -hmm. for that. So it's all this shady business. Yeah. And it's uh, going back to Kenneth Starr. It's like it seemed like you had a lot to work with. Just use what you have. Just use what you have. Why yeah. do you have to go after Monica Lewinsky? It seems like there are other things Ugh. that are bigger problems. Well, it's like makes it sensational. Right. And like worse. <laughs> yeah. So. so Already bad, guys. <laughs> so Travelgate is being, uh, Vince Foster <clears throat> is running the investigation into Travelgate. Okay. And it's very he's stressful. He's having the time of his life. He's, he's really having <laughs> the worst time uh, of his life. He's incredibly stressed out that he's going to have to testify uh, before Congress uh, against Hillary mm -hmm. and talk about what her involvement was. And he's uh, call he, it's the thing where he's calling everyone he knows to talk about it. And he's going over and over and over uh, what, what he might have to say to Congress. And uh, he's talking to his sister about it, and he's talking about how much anxiety he has. Yeah. And he doesn't want to take, he has, he's not sleeping for many nights in a row, doesn't want to take sleeping pills because oh, he's afraid he'll get addicted. And she says, you really need to talk to a, a psychologist. Yeah. And he won't do it because he's afraid that talking to a, a psychologist, getting professional help, will, uh, will interfere with his uh, security clearance. Because that's a thing where it's like if you have, you know, you have to get all this, this huge extensive background check when you work for the White and House. And going to a therapist is bad. Apparently. I wish they all would go to therapists. And this is why we have the people that we <laughs> yeah. do. Oh, look at where we are now, everyone. Yeah. So uh, on July 20th, Vince Foster left his office at 1 p.m. telling the people he worked with that he would be back. At 5.30 p.m., his body was found next to a Civil War cannon in oh. Fort Marcy Park, which is in Virginia, right outside mm. of D.C. The official version said that he shot himself in the mouth, although there's a, cons there's a lot of conspiracy theories I'm that sure. come from cons <laughs> uh, conservative outlets that offer different versions, like Vince Foster shot himself in the back of the head three times. And it's like no one says, no, no official like, version. Prove that. It's been investigated three times <laughs> by uh, Robert Fisk, was appointed by Janet Reno to look into it. Kenneth Starr did his own investigation. The FBI investigated it. So three different people, including Kenneth Starr, <laughs> who had 
nothing but motive to find bad sure. things about the Clintons. He even said. He even said, like, <laughs> no, he shot himself with his own gun in that. But there's all, if you, there are also conspiracies like he shot himself with his right hand, but he was left-handed. And That's he was, okay. <laughs> and he was covered in ca- carpet fibers because he was rolled up in a carpet because he was no. actually murdered in the White House and then brought to Fort Marcy Park. These are the kinds of things that people like to grasp. Yeah, these are the kinds of things that you'll find if you hang out on uh, conservative conspiracy theory forums. Soon after his suicide, this rumor got started, or I actually don't know if this part is a rumor, but apparently White House staff were allowed into his office after his suicide before investigators were. So oh, that sort of uh, speculation swirled around that, of that cleaning maybe they up were or something. maybe they were destroying evidence of mm. something. So where did this, where do all the conspiracy theories come from? Isn't it bad enough? Like, conspiracy theories, we'll talk about those, but it's almost like you don't even need them once again, because he already was dealing with so many, like, you can already, like, make the Clintons into monsters and their people into monsters just by the fact that he killed himself over all of this stress and lies and, you know? Like, do we have to add... He was really beating himself up yeah. over the Travelgate situation in a way that the Clintons weren't. They just weren't. To me, that's t- worse than them killing him, which they didn't. And that does make me really, it is really sad to think about, where <sighs> it's like the Clintons, the, the Trumps of this world, these are people where you see them in these high-stress, mm-hmm. insane situations where people are accusing them of everything. It seems like they're probably guilty of at least some of it. Yeah. And they don't, and they can just, they can deal with anything because they're psychopaths. Yeah. Is what we at least sociopath. There at least some there's some path. Yeah. That makes it possible for them to sort of be I don't know maybe even energized by this kind of scandal. Mm, yeah. Vince Foster was not cut out for this job, and he had an immense personal guilt about everything that had gone wrong. But where do the conspiracies about him come from? Yeah. Katie, the you're internet. supposed to be really interested. <laughs> this is my I'm big reveal. I'm just sad. I know. <laughs> So, okay, Katie, we're about to talk about the Arkansas Project. We're in too deep. Trigger warning, Arkansas. (laughs) (laughs) Arkansas Project. Does that name ring any bells? Okay, so Madman Billionaire Richard Melonscafe, which is a title I'm giving him. I'm sure he's done other stuff. I'm going to call him (laughs) Madman Billionaire Richard Melonscafe was behind uh, Arkansas Project, which was basically funding journalism about Clinton conspiracies. What? Yeah, he was he was paying for... Journalists? So you can't directly pay journalists, right. obviously, but he's funding them in other ways. Like he's... You need a new office chair. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> something like that. David Brock, a journalist who was involved in the Arkansas Project, called it a multi-million dirty tricks operation against the Clintons. Wow. Uh, one of the reporters closely associated with the Arkansas Project is Christopher Ruddy, who is now a confidant and informal advisor to Trump. Who, who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? He forwarded, among others, the unfounded notion that Vince Foster found, uh, was found with a gun in his right hand and he's left-handed. That was, oh, okay. that was all Christopher Ruddy, typing away. People love uh, people holding guns in the wrong hand. At the end of their lives. Right. Uh, what's his name? Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain, yeah. Elliot Smith. Everyone's like, his hands were wrong. Well, you know, he wasn't concerned with that at the time. Anyway, go on. Right. Get over hand. And people are ambidextrous. Also, you weren't there. You don't you have... You also weren't there. I feel like maybe that's the easiest thing to make up. His hands. 
Like, you haven't seen crime scene photos, I don't think. No. So how do you know which hand he used? He used his foot. Who cares? Rock on. So, so, going back to all the sex stuff. Mm. We've had enough death back to sex. So, uh, we talked a little bit about Jones, and uh, we also have Kathleen Willey was another major uh, accuser of uh, Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. She said that he fondled her. This was in his governor days? This was, uh, I believe Willey was, I think he was running for president. I'm not totally sure. But way before all that, way before any... Way back. Kathleen Willey is someone who was also uh, like Jones. Jones said that she had a ha, um, had a friend, or no, I'm sorry. Jones, you know, a, a judge found that she uh, found her case not because of the penis thing. Mm-hmm. She couldn't come up with a distinguishing mark. Kathleen Willey's problem was that she had a friend uh, back her up, but then the friend told her, told the press or you know the judge whoever that Kathleen Willie had told her to lie Ooh. so that's why Kathleen Willie didn't uh, didn't pan mistake. out but then yeah. Kathleen Willie's husband committed suicide and oh Kathleen Willie says that the Clintons killed him just like they killed Vince Foster Ugh. she also says that she had a cat go missing and then she found its skull on her porch no. and she said that that was the Clintons too oh there's a certain pocket of conservatives one of whom I'm related to <laughs> really thinks that uh, there's a good possibility that the Clintons took out a cat. It's weird that they kill Vince Foster, but then just content, they're happy to just kill this lady's cat. It's like, you know seems what, like kind of cat. Seems like kind of an uneven, <laughs> yeah. uneven thing. Ugh. But there's also the Juanita Broderick issue. Mm. And this is the one, because it's like Monica Lewinsky, it's like you're laughing, you're smoking cigars, you're wearing a blue dress. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing, hat pins, leaves of grass, whatever. There's nothing that, you know, she said that thing about consent, and that's important. But there's nothing that makes him seem like too much of a sexual predator. Right. That <laughs> like, made him seem just like some, you know, sexual, old, gross and, man. And even at the time, it was sort of like he's sort of this lovable right. horn dog. Right? right. That's sort of how he came up. That off. made him our weird uncle. But, but this is what really... <laughs> Makes him bad. Yeah. So, uh, stories of Broderick rape, Broderick's rape by Bill Clinton had been around in 1992 uh, when Bill Clinton first ran for president. Uh, his opponents encouraged her to come forward, but she <clears throat> had a lot of reasons for not wanting to. And then mm. when she, when Kenneth Starr was like, come on, you got to talk about this for the Paula Jones case, she said under oath that it didn't happen. Uh, but here's, uh, but then in 1999, she had a change of heart. I'm not sure exactly what led to that, but come 1999, she was like, I'm ready to talk. Yeah. And so here and that's is after what, Monica stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Way after. So, or a little after. Yeah. So in a 1999 Washington Post article, it reported that he met her when he was running for governor, uh, on the campaign trail. She was a nurse at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clinton's, uh, he wanted to, he met her at some function and then said, oh, I want to talk to you more about my campaign because you're a nurse and nurses matter something. Sure. And so he says, let's meet at your hotel. They get to the, he comes to her hotel, he meets her, he says, there are too many reporters around, let's go back to your room. This is where it's going to get gnarly. If you don't want to listen to this, fast forward two minutes, I would say. Uh, she said that they're sort of talking. He sort of points to a jail or something and says, I want to redo that, and then pushes her on the bed and forcibly rapes her. And she says that she did not scream because everything happened so quickly. Yeah. 
Uh, her upper lip was bruised and swollen after the encounter because she said he had grabbed onto it with his mouth. You'd better put some ice on that, she says he told her, which she later used as the title of her book. Oh, God. So at the time, she told a friend, she told her husband, a man that she eventually married, but wasn't married to at the time. Part of the reason she didn't want to come forward is because the man that she, her boyfriend at the time, was married, and she was also married. So she was having an affair. So that's why she didn't necessarily want to talk about it. She wanted it all to go away. And then when you look at what's happening with what happens to people like Monica Lewinsky or Christine Oh, there's so many reasons, yeah, not to come forward. There's so many reasons. So a lot of reporters have talked to her. He's on a campaign trail. He already has a power thing, too, at that point. Right. Yes. Oh, God. So part of... uh, Part of that is the, yeah, the pressure of everything that's swirling sure. around it. But a l- number of reporters have talked to her since then, and they all say that they find her very credible and that her story hasn't changed at all. Yeah. And that she does have these uh, people who heard her talk about it at the time. And her boyfriend, who then she married, uh, he said that, he, you know, how badly he wanted to do something about it, sure. but again, didn't feel he could without exposing his own affair. So, this is sort of where it gets, this is how Juanita Broderick connects to today. Mm. So, Brett Kavanaugh worked for Kenneth Starr. I swore we'd never talk about him on this show. <laughs> but we have to, but I'm we sorry. Have to. So trigger he, warning. <laughs> trigger Seriously, warning. Seriously, Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. So, he worked for Kenneth Starr, and he was a big part of finding, uh, of investigating mm-hmm. Vince Foster's uh, suicide. So he was very involved in all that. So when Brett, Com- Brett Kavanaugh, with his very recent nomination, uh, some senators came forward to support Christine Blasey Ford. And mm-hmm. among them were Senator Dianne Feinstein and uh, here in New York, uh, Senator uh, Kirsten, right? Mm-hmm. Gillibrand. Mm-hmm. So they're both people who Broderick points to who were particularly disinterested in her rape account. But then when Christine Blasey uh-huh. Ford, who's playing for their team comes out, all of a sudden they're very interested and they're like, oh, she's a hero, we need to listen to female victims. And Juanita Broderick wants to know where that attitude was back in the 90s. When she needed them. Right, yeah. Uh, It's absurd, Miss Broderick said Wednesday in a Fox News, or sorry, not Wednesday, (laughs) said an unknown number of days ago in a Fox (laughs) News interview. Uh, Not one Democrat would look at my deposition with the independent counsel. Oh my gosh, they did not want to know about it. Uh, oh, and, and she talks about um, the she, the parties, the Democrats, outrage over allegations of sexual assault uh, leveled against Mr. Kavanaugh. And she says, oh, it makes me go back to 1999 when Dianne Feinstein, along with every other Democrat, refused to read my deposition. Uh, they would have nothing to do with it. That shows you the difference in the double standard that existed back then and still does today. Mm. Yeah. So that's very ugly. Yeah, that's ugly. And then I read this op-ed in the Washington Post that really made my blood boil. This is by a man named Richard Cohen. Uh, he says in, uh, in his op-ed, he says, For me, I remember refusing to deal with Broderick's allegation because I simply chose to believe Clinton was not a rapist. Clinton, after all, was one of us, college-educated, modern, urbane, and not some hooded monster preying on strangers. Men like that do not rape. My position has proved naive. Violence can be in the sexual repertoire of any man. 
and I think I wanted Don't to read say that. Sexual Don't say sexual repertoire. Don't say sexual repertoire, pervert. First you of all, idiot. Let's talk about sexual repertoire. This, let's. this man is an idiot because it's not part of your rape is not part no. of your sexual no. repertoire. There's sex and then there's crimes. And rape is a crime. And rape is a crime. And if your app if your appetite uh, makes you rape, you're a rapist and a criminal. Yeah. It has nothing to do with it in your sexual arsenal of right. things you like. And I think you there's fucking a ass. There's a lot wrapped up in that. Yeah. Because it's like someone admitting that like I didn't want to believe this person was rapist right. because of my political affiliations. But also I think a lot of men think that well rape is one choice of many. Yes. He like laid that out there. Yeah. You have a lot of things to do in the bedroom and rape his one and of yeah them. that's what he's saying that's what he's saying I'm I think blowing the horn on him a lot of saying so uh, the Atlantic point out that in November 17 in November 2017 in the wake of Justice Kavanaugh all of a sudden a sudden a bunch of editors and op-eds came forward with a bunch of we believe we needed pieces mm-hmm or all of a sudden uh, Chris Hayes Chris Hayes uh, a liberal MSNBC host said on Twitter that Democrats and the center left are overdue for a real reckoning with the allegations against Clinton. I agree. I think so. Um, I was reading this Gloria Steinem quote. Right. It's just also important to she remember had some that shit to everyone say. sucks right. all the time. Yes. And so she's, you know, like very well known feminist. And she said in a 1998 op ed for the New York Times, um, said of Wiley, so Will, sorry, Willie and Jones, the two mm-hmm. other accusers, um, Mr. Clinton seemed to have made a clumsy sexual pass, then accepted the rejection. Like, we're never, like, I know theirs didn't stick the way, you know, we think Juanita's does. Right. But it's just like, you can't stand for something and then totally not anymore because it doesn't fit your political leanings. I love Bill Clinton, therefore, I don't care that he made a, quote, clumsy sexual pass. Right. Trump says he grabs pussy and no, right. you know, and, and we're all, we fucking hate him. But I don't know. I just like, this is what makes me mad when no one fucking sticks up for what they actually yeah. want, only when it suits them. And why I wanted to talk about this is I think a lot of people have, can accept that, you know, Bill, that, that Donald Trump is uh, sort of a new phenomenon in terms of yeah. his relationship with women, and I think that's something a lot of our, people our age think, and I think it's because we just don't remember as well yeah. what Bill Clinton was really like. Yeah. So. And here he is. There's one other really disgusting thing I wanted to get to with Bill oh, Clinton. God. This is. I can't uh, take it. This is the worst thing. So you know how Bill Clinton is has been in the past quite cozy with prominent Democrat and convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. On several occasions, Clinton has ditched his Secret Service detail to take trips to countries all over the world on Epstein's private jet. Along for these trips were employees of Epstein's who were investigated for procuring underage girls for Epstein. Great. I know I said I'd talk more about Watergate, but I feel like we've all had enough. Just when, you know, you tick all the marks of being a bad man, the pedophilia tick gets yeah yeah so should we talk about watergate god i don't know it's kind of boring it'll uh bring us down i mean it should i need to be brought down okay so here's what i keep saying watergate white water we've said watergate this whole episode that's fine you know i what think we it mean. did they did call it 
Watergate. White Watergate. It's White Watergate. It's White Watergate. In 1978, <laughs> Clinton and his business partners, the McDougals, formed the Whitewater Development Corp, buying hundreds of acres of lands to build vacation, vacation homes. The McDougals mm-hmm. also bought a savings and loan, naming it Madison Guarantee. So Madison Guarantee and McDougal uh, were, inve- were eventually investigated for improper funneling of money. Uh, Hillary Clinton's law firm represents Madison Guarantee, and witnesses at the law firm say that she requested files relating to Madison Guarantee to be destroyed when they were being investigated for improper use Mm. of money. Uh, In 1989, so James McDougal, the husband half of the McDougals, (laughs) is indicted for fraud. In 1990, he's acquitted. Susan, his wife, refuses to answer certain questions in court. She's held in contempt sentenced to 18 months, and receives a presidential pardon before the Clinton term is over. So the Whitewater is just, this whole, the Whitewater Development Corp, that was just one of many financial scandals where the Clintons were being investigated. Yeah, they're not great, (laughs) is really all there is to say. I feel like I just went to great lengths to tell you all that the Clintons weren't great, which you had maybe already gotten a sense of. No, we needed this. Because Because people do forget, and I think the worst part about Trump as president is he makes other bad people look not so bad. That's the thing. That's his worst thing he's done for this country, I swear to God. Like uh, that whole Broad City episode Mm -hmm. where they had Hillary Clinton on, and uh, Pete Davidson getting a Hillary Clinton tattoo and saying she's the the bravest. Well, he doesn't have great taste in women. Whoa! Whoa! I went there. But uh, so he's. So I think that it's a, it's an easy thing to accept that yeah. Hillary Clinton compared to Donald Trump. She's, hey, she's come not on, so she's bad. not Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. But like a turd in a wig looks good compared to Donald yep. Trump. And all I'm saying is the Clintons are turds, turds in and wigs. wigs. Yeah, don't be fooled, America. <laughs> God, we really have become a political <laughs> podcast. We're going like, to stop. That's I am it. not happy about it. This is our last political episode. We promise episode. this is the last we'll say. But we wanted to prove to all of you that we we hate both sides. <laughs> we talked about Trump and Tiffany, who we love, and we talked about <laughs> uh, the Clintons. And uh, just so you know, you can't trust anybody, and you really have to make your own uh, choices in life. You Don't really let have these to... people steer you. Right. Don't let them steer you. And this really is going to be our last political podcast because, as I mentioned on Twitter, after our episode about Trump, where we were talking about uh, Donald Trump's many wives and girlfriends and choices and daughters, uh, we talk about Melania Melania Trump in brief, a little bit. We go into her past and how she came to be his third wife. And uh, since that episode has come out, I've had two missed calls from Slovenia. (laughs) We will end it. I mean, I might have a dead cat skull on my doorstep (laughs) when I wake up after we post this episode. I have a feeling I'm going to be having some missed calls from Arkansas. (laughs) And I, we welcome it. (laughs) Katie welcomes it. Did you hear that? (laughs) Russian spies. 999 (laughs) Western Road. Katie's ready to take the heat. I'm going to go hide under my bed. From the Clintons. Good night, America. The men of them all. <laughs> good night and good luck. <laughs>